Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. I am your host, Katie Keller, and today we're going to be discussing a new Department of Homeland Security grant that's going to train veterans and their spouses for free with the cybersecurity skills needed in this high-demand area. So this grant is from the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, also known as CISA, one of my favorite of the newest agencies. So it's going to put veterans and their spouses through an intensive cybersecurity training course. It'll also provide hands-on training opportunities. So this is great for getting the next generation of skilled workers within the cybersecurity arena, specifically to the cleared industry. So this is the first time that CISA has awarded a cybersecurity grant that recruits cybersecurity workers. So I'm really excited to hear more about it. Uh, The nonprofit tech training organization NPower is working with CISA and developing the cybersecurity training program at different hubs across the U.S. So today we're joined by Nelson Abbott from NPower. He helps to provide opportunities to underserved and underrepresented individuals, helping them access careers and technology. So he is the Senior Director of Advanced Program Operations. He's overseeing the cybersecurity and cloud computing programs and providing the overall strategic vision for the future of Empower's continuing education opportunities. So really exciting program. Like I said, I'm I'm really stoked to hear more about it. But first off, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to join me today. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Wonderful. So tell me a little bit more about your role within this DHS grant specific to CISA and you know how it's going to train veterans and their spouses. Absolutely. So my role as the program operations senior director is really overseeing the day-to-day execution of uh, both of our advanced training programs, which is the cybersecurity, which we're here to talk about today, but we also have a cloud computing program. And that is everything from recruiting candidates to then admit them into the program as trainees, managing the calendar throughout the year for when the cohorts start and end, engaging with partners for volunteer engagements, and that's everything from guest speakers to mentoring to curriculum feedback, working with those same partners to develop placement opportunities for our trainees once they complete the technical instruction. Yeah. And just kind of, and then, and then looking about how our kind of small team within NPower fits into the larger organization and all of the training that we do and some of the long-term growth plans that we have looking ahead. So what do the eligibility requirements look like for those that are interested in this program? Yeah, so our basic eligibility requirements for all of our programs is you must be a minimum of 18 years of age, uh, high school diploma or equivalent, and legal to work in the United States. For our programs, because they are we, we, they're considered advanced programs, intermediate and advanced programs, so these are for folks that already either 
have some training under their belt or some work experience. So we're looking for, if they're an alumni of NPower, they've been through our foundational training program. Uh, if they are a non-alumni, we're looking for someone that has a couple years of IT work experience, preferably some certifications under their belt. That can be anything from a CompTIA A+, or Network+, the Cisco networking certifications, um, Google IT support specialist, anything like that, that where they've had that exposure to those foundational IT types of skills. For military veterans, they must be honorably discharged or a general under honorable conditions discharge. They can be the spouse, the military spouse. And then we are also now accepting transitioning service members. We recently got approved to be a skill bridge training provider for folks that are within six months of discharge. Oh, and that's wonderful. Really bridging that gap, especially for those transitioning out. I know that, I, I mean, I recently just got questions at an event I was at. A couple of folks were transitioning out of the military and, you know, they're asking what what should I do? What cert should I get? When it's like, ah, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah so that, that, that's super cool. So in terms of access, are these different training sessions under this grant, are they going to be virtual or in person? So yeah, we're, we're a unique team in the ecosystem of programs that Empower offers and that we are the only programs that are a national program. So we have several locations around the country. We got Brooklyn and Harlem out here in New York. We have Jersey City in Newark in New Jersey, Baltimore, St. Louis, Detroit, Dallas, San Jose, and Los Angeles. So all of those regional offices operate within those cities that they are located in uh, for doing the foundational training. Our programs are national. So we will recruit alumni from our alumni pool from all of our regions, as well as those non-alumni. So we are a fully virtual program. It's really the only way that we can accommodate all of the different time zones that we serve. That we serve. Wonderful. Well, you definitely hit across some of those, those bigger regions where there are sections of military veterans or those military spouses. And so I, I kind of want to go back to different skill sets. You know, you mentioned a few certifications that are good to have foundational knowledge of. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the in-demand sort of cybersecurity skills that veterans and mill spouses are able to perfect through these programs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms, you know, to kind of tie it back to those eligibility requirements, what we're looking for in terms of technical skill sets outside of those preferred certifications are not by any means required. I want to make that clear. Um, but they folks should have a good understanding of the of the fundamentals of networking right when people think about cybersecurity they think about protecting the network well you have to understand how the network operates in order to protect it so just those kind of basic understandings of like what the OSI model is, what is subnetting, right? What are virtual machines? Those those types of things. So just kind of understanding how data moves around will give you a better idea of how to protect it. Once in the program, it's really getting hands on the the all uh, very common tools that pen testers and cybersecurity analysts use in the field. Um, we don't do any kind of specialization because a lot of our trainees, when they go on the job, they might get put into a, a team or a role where they rotate around different specializations and they can kind of choose which path they want to go from there. So we really prepare them to kind of go in multiple different directions, depending on what the need of the employer is. But they'll be working in a Linux environment. So they'll be learning all of the command line interface prompts for that. They will be working 
working with all of the tools that come with the Kali Linux distribution. So Nmap, Wireshark, Metasploit. They'll be working with other tools like WebGoat and Foxy Proxy. Some of the labs that we do, we've really, over the last several years, we've kind of pulled back on the number of certifications that we train for and focus more on applied skill sets and labs. So they'll be doing things like honeypots and SQL injections and cross-site scripting. So really learning some of the most common tools that are out there, uh, as long as, as well as the theory and the terminology that goes around supporting the, the use of those tools and concepts. Okay, cool. So tools and concepts that they will be able to eventually utilize with an employer. So let's move on to that. So some of the in-demand cybersecurity skills that they're going to perfect We've gone over that. So talk a little bit more about the layout of the course, because I know that there are hands-on opportunities, obviously, that it sounds like. But what about, you know, what are they teed up for in terms of, you know, a job afterwards? Is this course going to be better for folks who are interested in government careers or private industry? Or what are your thoughts there? Um, all of the above. I mean, you know, our our headquarters is based out here in New York, and that's where that was our first office. So we obviously... With our proximity to Wall Street, we have a uh, heavy footprint in the financial industry. So working with a lot of banks and, and other types of companies that support those financial institutions. So that is a big area. Just starting to kind of dip our toe into government opportunities, especially with this CISA grant. We've also had a, a long-running successful partnership with the Federal Reserve Bank in various of their branches across the country and placing folks there. And I think more recently getting into insurance, insurance businesses. So it really just kind of depends on what's available in the region that the trainee is physically located in. And what our partners are looking for at the time that they're uh, going to be finishing up instruction from the class. Well, and you, you know, you mentioned a few different industries, and it, it sort of goes to show. I, I, this is what I found a lot in just my discussions and meetings with CISA is the fact that cybersecurity touches every single point of you know how we work and what we do on a daily basis and yeah you know i've talked with folks about how are we going to get the next generation interested in stuff like this because it's so important it literally touches everything and so i'd love to touch on sort of current events and you know maybe for those folks listening that have thought about cybersecurity but they're like ah i don't know if i can even pivot for my current career or i i don't i don't know what to do next so talking about sort of current events Things like the Russian war and, you know, we've seen things hacked. So why, if you could elaborate just on why this stuff is so important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is, this is something that I love talking about coming from an anthropology background. I love kind of reading all of these various disparate stories and kind of tying them together into a, you know, a unified theme. So, so, you know, I think the, the, the Russian Ukraine conflict has been a fascinating real-time example of how cyber warfare has been operating for years now, right? And so it's just, it's always been kind of behind the scenes and not up, not as upfront. So I think that, you know, as, as one, one person that I talked to earlier this year, it's like cybersecurity experts, it has been the most amazing real-time classroom exercise for people to learn how cyber warfare is, is carried out. So, so I think that has been, you know, a great, and, and it's, I, I don't want to diminish 
the severity of what's going on over there, but it's been this amazing learning opportunity for folks that are within the industry. The other thing that I think a lot about, and this is if we think about going over you know, the last one or two years or so and going back to solar winds, then we had the gas pipeline hack. Then there were two hacks on water treatment plants in Florida. And then we had the meat distribution supply lines hack as well. And then being out here in New York, you know, we had the blackout, you know, about 15 years ago. And that really exposed how fragile our electricity grid is, especially here in the Northeast area. So I start thinking when I'm seeing these infrastructure attacks happening, and imagine if all of those happened at the same time, right? Gas pipeline hack, water treatment getting hacked and food supply lines getting hacked. And we saw how much chaos and disruption those caused one at a time. Imagine if those all happened at the same time. And that can set the ground for a completely new type of warfare, right? And kind of tying it back to the Russian-Ukraine thing. And imagine if people start disrupting those infrastructure and the way people reacted, that that to me is really scary. And you start getting into dystopian future kind of sci-fi movie territory, but it could be a reality. And I think that is why it's so important for people to, even if they don't pursue cybersecurity as a career, to have a security mindset about information and infrastructure. Sure. Well, you make a good point. Just having a security mindset, just thinking that you are all, well, because you are always a target, uh, you know, in terms of just daily life, social media, for example, I mean, <clears throat> you need to be mindful of where you're playing You need to be mindful of where you're posting. So yes, like you said, even if you're not into a career in cybersecurity, just understanding the importance or the gravity of of what you what you do online or how, how cybersecurity could affect our critical infrastructure and sort of the the daily things that you do enjoy doing or whatever your career is. So yeah, all all, all really great points. Talking more on the career side, is there a labor shortage in this field? Because I, I you know I know my perspective on it in terms of the cleared industry. So how can we reach new cybersecurity talent or what are your thoughts on labor in this field? Yeah, I mean, well, this is our wheelhouse that we operate in as an organization, right? We're a workforce development organization. So um, to say there's a labor shortage would be an an extreme understatement. Um, In the U.S. alone, there's over 400,000 open cybersecurity roles right now. Um, The conversations that are happening happening around that phenomena is there's this great need for talent, but we can't find it. And it's like, well, you know, organizations like Empower are developing talent right under your nose. It's like, what, where are you looking? Are you looking, you're not going to catch different fish if you go back to the same pond all the time. Right. So, so, you know, and that's, you know, we're making a small drop in the bucket on that, on that issue. Right. You know, we graduate around 80 ish trainees per year. Um, and, but when you look at that in the face of 400,000 jobs and, and, and that's grown from when I first started managing this program about, about four years ago. So, um, it's, it's going to be a Sisyphean task of, you know, this uphill battle, uh, to try and close that gap there. So in terms of reaching the talent, I think it's about making it accessible. Right. Um, I think that when, People think about cybersecurity. They think it's extremely technical, which there are definitely parts of it that do require a high level of technical skills. They might think about things like Mr. Robot or The Matrix or War Games, and it's a you know some nerdy guy in their basement, you know, with a hoodie on and, and with the lights all turned off. And there definitely are some elements of that to it as well. But I think that you know, a 
start talking about cybersecurity earlier in the education pipeline. So like not waiting until college, like elementary school, right? And we have a initiative that we're doing with the Urban Alliance where we are doing digital literacy in high school. And so just even exposing um, high school kids to just how to operate computers, how to think about, you know, what they're posting on social media and stuff like that can plant that seed. But then, you know, beyond that, really doing a better job of illustrating the breadth of career pathways that exist within cyber. So yes, there's the technical parts, but then there's also leadership parts and that requires more management skills. And while you're not hands-on technical, you have to have just kind of broad understanding of technical subjects. And then communicating security ideas to the business side of companies, right? Because the business side is thinking about revenue and profits and IT is always a cost sink, right? The, the IT team doesn't generate revenue. So how do you justify that cost? How do you justify um, security protocols that may cost money, but in the long run may save money down the line? So there's there's a lot of that kind of business side. And then there's also the, the governance side, right? Governance, risk, and compliance, which is regulations and protocols and making sure that everything is up to code. And so I see a lot of folks that come from a law or a legal background that transition into risk, right? Risk assessment. And then once you start thinking about risk, then you get into, you think about um, insurance companies and risk assessment. So that is a huge part of cybersecurity as well. So, um, and then also disaster recovery, right? So it's about keeping information safe. What happens if there is a natural disaster and a data center gets wiped out? You have to think about how to recover that or have redundancies in place. So there's, there's a lot more to cybersecurity than I think the media typically portrays and I think we can go there's a long way to go that we can do to highlight some of those other areas that may be of interest to people that are turned off by the extreme technical side of it well and you just listed a ton of different roles that may not be the traditional path in cybersecurity or you know the technical sort of world and ways to pivot which I know specific to folks transitioning out of the military, they're always wondering how they can tr translate their skills. And, and you just listed a few great ways. So again, really important. I feel like this last sort of, you know, discussion was definitely a nod to employers, you know, with that many openings and, you know, with talent, you know, there being a shortage, you need to look at non-traditional recruitment practices and, Look at places you haven't been looking. You can't just keep on hammering LinkedIn and, you know, posting these posts and nobody's nobody's reaching out or, you know, you need to find these non-traditional sources and create these partnerships, especially especially with nonprofits like NPower and Academia. I think that's going to be really important in reaching the new age of cybersecurity talent. Someone called them the generation the Instagram generation and and I, I like that one. So, uh, I, I, Nelson, thank you so much for joining me today to chat about this wonderful, amazing grant that's going to offer free cybersecurity training to veterans and military spouses through the Cybersecurity and Critical Infrastructure Security Agency. So any closing thoughts? Where can folks find out more and how can they get involved if they'd like? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Katie. Um, for folks that want to learn more, they can go to our website, which is n power.org that's the letter n 
followed by the word power.org. You can go down, there will be an apply button across the top and it'll bring down some contextual uh, menus and you'd see cybersecurity there and you can learn more about learn more about it there uh, with uh, links to some emails if you want to get in touch with someone on our team. And yeah, I think that, you know, uh, uh, just kind of a closing thought, I think that everyone is capable of having a security mindset. You know, even, even the most Luddite tech averse, you know, artist type of person, you can have a security mindset. And really, as I've learned, it's, it's not just about information, protecting information in a digital space. It's just about how you handle information, period. It's information security. And so that includes physical security as well. So um, I think once people learn to broaden their view of what cyber and infosec, you know, infosec security is, it, it makes it a lot more approachable and not as scary and intimidating. Um, and that we can all kind of do our part, even if it's just kind of protecting our immediate uh, friends and family. Wonderful. Well, to learn more about information security, insider threats, how to protect yourself, and better perfect your own security mindset, you can visit www.news.clearsjobs.com. 